15 here, and we're going to come back later and look at verses 11 through 17. Actually, we can go ahead and read the passage. I'm in the New King James Version, but it says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priests. So it was that as they went, they were cleansed. So it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go thy way. Your faith has made you well. Or as some translations have, has saved you. Your faith has saved you. Lord Jesus, speak to us today. God, we are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. God, we submit ourselves to you. Cleanse us, oh God. Oh, Lord, we're just, we're just people, Lord, and we submit ourselves to you and recognize your greatness and your glory and, and your love, Lord Jesus, your, your ever-faithfulness to us. God, reveal your word to us, and may we grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in Psalms chapter 107, and I'm going to flip over there myself. I like, to have, I like to have my Bible here as well. But Psalms chapter 107, 107. Um, this book, we're going to spend a little time here. Bishop's been doing a great job. Has anybody been doing a great job on the Psalms? All right. And I have really enjoyed it. And sometimes to the point, anytime I go touch a Psalm, I'm like, oh, hold on a second, Lord. Do we really want to touch the Psalms? He's done such a great job. But, um, and so Psalms 107 here. This, this last, uh, um, since... Oh, the end of January, start of February. I've been taking a class and we've looked at the Proverbs and we've looked at some of the Psalms and we can't begin to, to at all touch them the way we've touched them in church. Uh, There's just not enough time in that short span to do what has been going on for the last couple years. But um, in looking at it, uh, Psalms chapter 1 talks about meditating on the Lord, meditating in His Word. And, and that word meditate means to hagah. So I texted this to Bishop the other day. Um, and I don't know if I sent what all I sent, but a long time ago uh, in college, I had a friend. He was from, I think, Vietnam, and he invited me out to eat. I went out to eat, and you're going to say, where is this in the message at all? <laughs> but I went out to eat with him, and we were eating some soup. And, and so I was so privileged that he took me to his, his, this restaurant he wanted. And, and I'm eating soup, and I'm carefully eating the food, and I'm eating all of it, whether I liked it or not. And I like, typically like most food. And he keeps saying, is it good? I'm like, yeah, oh, it's very good. Thank you. Is, is it good? It's good. I'm like, yes, it's good. Finally, I was getting tired of him asking me, is this good? And, and he says, you're not making noises. You're not slurping your food. In his culture, to be enjoying the food meant I was... Everything my parents had taught me not to do. And I was doing my best. I thought, man, I'm going to mess this up for sure, but I'm going to try and... I was now doing it wrong. I was supposed to be 
showing I enjoyed the food. So I've learned that meditating or haggahing actually, uh, the, the, the word there and the history of it comes with sound. And when I think now of Haggai, and I don't want to turn anybody off from reading the Word of the God, by the way. But when I think of meditating on the Word, I think of eating at the restaurant. Because it means to chew on, to, to sit there with it. And you have it open and you're like, mmm, mmm. And now I'm thinking of slurping the soup. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's good. And, and you're Haggaiing or you're chewing on the Word. So I told Bishop, let's Haggai on the Word. But I would like to do that just for a little bit in Psalms 107. Because there's something powerful about the Psalms in which we can study them to death. But if you'll get into them, they become a part of you. It's, it's the, the writers here, whether it be um, David or Asaph or the sons of Korah that, that went through situations and trials and they begin to write them down. And as we read them, as you spend time in this Word and you say, you know what, I'm not just going to blaze by it. What did I hear? When you drive really fast, you miss a lot. So if you'll just slow down and we can just take a couple of these passages. And so it, it starts out here. It's, it, um, here in the New King James, it's thanksgiving to the Lord for His great works as the, the, the header they have. But it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Oh, I thought about that word redeemed here. And, and Bishop, when you wrote about this in your book, you talked all about the redeemed and how God redeems. But redemption is God purchasing. Redemption is God selecting you and saying, that one is mine. I own this one. I have authority. I am doing what it takes to make them mine. And so that the writer here he says, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Oh, Bishop, you asked yesterday how far is the east from the west? Oh, how far did he reach together? Where did he go? Oh, can you be too far from him? And he says, they wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. So what do we see here? What's God doing? Oh, He took His people. What did He do to the children of Israel in Egypt? He redeemed them. He, he went in there and He said, you know what, there's a people here. And when we look at them, they were afflicted. They were in bondage. And they began to cry out to God. And God went and He said, hey Moses... Here's a people that I want to bring out. Israel was then called the firstborn of God. And the birthing occurred when He brought them out of Egypt. Oh, it was a people that He said, Hey, I'm going to bring them out. I'm going to do what it takes to purchase them. I'm going to do it with my mighty hand and great authority and power. I'm redeeming them. They're in trouble. They've called to me. And I'm going to save. They wandered in the wilderness 
in a desolate way. Oh, ha, ha, ha. In an empty land. And sometimes when I see that word desolate way, they found themselves in an empty place. Oh, they were hungry and they were thirsty. I, I should have forewarned you. I'm a little excited today. Hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. Oh, it fainted in them. Oh, have you ever been there? You were like, I can't go on anymore. Now I'm picturing myself trying to run. Avery's not in here. She's the runner. I, get, I tried to keep up with her a couple years ago. A couple years ago. I was like, hey, we'll do this. I'm like, look at you. Oh. I can beat her in a nice little sprint. She can't catch me there. But she's up there, and I'm like, you go on ahead, guys. I'm, oh, oh. So she runs back and runs up and runs back and runs up. And I'm like, this isn't working. So she goes to running club with the other kids from school. Fainted is what I was doing. Sometimes life feels like that. Where you're like, I can't do it. But it gets even more than that. You get in a little despair. You get a little in down and out. Oh, what do we see here? We first see there were some people that were in a struggle. They were in bondage. And when they cry out, what does God do? He redeems them. Now I see somebody who's flat out exhausted. Oh, they're wore out. And it says, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Oh, you know what? I can't do this, whatever this is. Oh, but you then say, Jesus, I need help. Don't be afraid to call on Him for help. And they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And He delivered them out of, out of their distress. He led them forth by the right he led them forth by the right way, they, that they may go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness. Let's give Him a hand clap. Oh, let's give Him a shout. And for His wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, is He not a great God? Isn't He a righteous God? Oh, they cried out to God. He redeems those that are in bondage. He reaches into that longing, suffering, hungry soul. And He pulls out and He saves. Oh, we see it when He cries. When they cry out to God. We go on. See, it's powerful here. We see the person that was in trouble. I get that one. I get that person that was... I, I even get the one that was bound up by sin. You know, they, they were born, you were born into sin. Your family was this way. You didn't really know God. And God, you know what? I'm not worthy of you. I see that. But they told me about you. And they told me that you would save me. And, and, and thank you, God, that you redeemed me. I, I was first there. And I cried out to God. And, and someone said, do you want to get baptized? And, and it was a great day. And for some of you, it was even a greater day than it was for me. Now, I, God forgave me my sins. He washed them away. But I was scared of water. And I fought the preacher all the way down. And then he told me there was a dry patch on my hair. And for years afterwards, I thought, man, I got to get rebaptized. And boy, I didn't like that water. <laughs> and then they're like, well, that hair got cut off. Um, 
But yeah, I, I really, I, literally, I did. I fought him. I was like, and it wasn't because I didn't want to go to heaven. I did. That's why I was there. But a few years later, I was like, God, I don't think I got the spirit, though, that way, the, the way I'm supposed to in the book, and I need to leave this place tonight, and so I'm not going to leave until you touch me in a great way. And it was at camp, and, you know, that, that Wednesday, and that Tuesday, that Wednesday, I felt God so great. I mean, I, had, I literally bounced off the back of my seat. And you guys have looked at me weird here. The day the kids clapped like this, they were like, wow, what's happening to him? And I was like, this is awesome. The next night, I stretched out on the floor. I felt like I was floating. So Thursday, I said, tonight's the night, God. And I felt nothing. I felt nothing. And you know, the, a kid came and prayed with me. And that was special, except for the fact that well, he was rubbing my back and giving me a massage. And there was a few other things going on there with him. And I was like, God, this isn't working. So I made my way to the drinking fountain. And found another place to pray. And pretty soon a couple hundred kids leave the church. But I was like, God, I have got to have you. And someplace that night, it seems like it was 11 o'clock. Maybe it was sooner. Maybe it was 10. But Jesus swept into that church. My pastor sitting over there. Me by myself. And He filled me with His Spirit. I cried out to God and He redeemed me. So many other times I was like, God, I don't know how to pay the bill. And he reached in and he helped me. He provided for me. And he's constantly let me know I am your provider. And I get that. But this next passage, oh, it really catches my heart. It says, those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons, because they rebelled against the words of the of God. Oh, what about these people? What about Matthew? I don't know about you. I shouldn't have said your name, but what about me? When I flat out sinned and I did it on purpose. Oh, because they rebelled against the words of God and they despised the counsel of the Most High. Oh, this is the thankfulness you need to have for God. Therefore, He brought them down, down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. You need to be thankful when you turn your back on God that He brings you low. You need to go ahead and say, Jesus, if I reject you, I need you to put me in a spot where I'll remember you. Oh God, don't let me forget who you are. Don't let me get so caught up in myself. Oh, that I, that I would forget my Redeemer. That I would forget the one who brought me out when I needed Him in trouble. Oh God, when I think that I've got it all my way and I'm so full of myself and I forget my first love, God, do whatever it takes because my soul is more important than any success in this world. So God brought them down. That is the mercies of God. That when you turn yourself away from Him and you reject His counsel, Oh, the preached word went out. Oh, it floods back into your mind and you're like, I'm not going to do it that way. What your parents ingrained in you and they said, obey this book. And yet you turn on it. Oh God. But what happens? Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. The one that had rebelled against God. And he said, Serves you right. 
Mm-hmm. Teach you a lesson? Is that what Jesus said? Did he say, maybe you'll listen to me next time? Well, I like the kids will say that. Well, maybe next time, you know. And, and, and in this case, is, is his arms crossed? Is he looking at you saying, mm-hmm, yeah, serves you right? No. What does our Savior do? Oh, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distress. And he brought, and he, and he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death. And broke their chains in pieces. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Brother Kennedy, the enemy said, yeah, you rebelled against me. And I've tied you up in chains. Oh, but what does Jesus say? I broke those chains. You're not bound by them. Oh, you may have been going to church for a long time. And you turned your back on God. And now you're the devil's saying there's nothing left for you. And I bound you up. Oh, you, you had redemption one time, but you can't get it again. And God's saying He came back. And He broke your chains. Oh, you're free indeed. Oh, you can shake those things off. Somebody needs to tell the devil right now, you're a liar. And you're the father of all lies. Oh, you don't need to give any respect to the enemy. Jesus saw him fall as lightning from heaven. Oh, we just celebrated Resurrection Sunday. And what did we have on that day? We had all those little devils in hell thinking, man, we're working some sort of great rebellion here. And Jesus was up there just like Bishop so portrayed. Just like the high priest when the, everything was complete. And he said, it's finished. Hallelujah. Oh, give him glory today. Give him glory. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, every stronghold fell that day. And it was completed on Pentecost when those people gathered in that upper room said, okay, I'm not going anywhere until you fill me with your spirit because what you paid for I'm willing to take get, take from you Jesus and what you ask of me oh God gives you no comparison to what you gave and you can have all my life because what I get in return is real right living hallelujah thank you Jesus and he saved them out of their distresses he brought them out of darkness he broke their chains oh that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness for his wondrous works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze. He has cut the bars of iron in two. Oh, God is good. Fools, because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food. They drew near the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Fools. People who thought that they were right in their own eyes. No acknowledgement of God. The fool has said in his heart, there's no God. Then they cried out to the Lord in trouble and he saved them out of their distress. And he sent his word and healed them. That healing right there, yes, I, God's your physical healer. But you know greater in that healing, that reference there? is he healed you of your sins. You can go to the grave, deaf, blind, maimed, and God just wants you to know, I got your sickness. 
I can make any leg grow back. I can take any cancer. I can bring off any depression. I can do anything in your life. But that thing that's greater that will keep you out of heaven, your sin, I'll heal it. Oh, you can be in the middle of struggle and trouble. I, I heard a story the other day, and, and it was a man in the Vietnam War, and the, the gunfire was going off. It was like every three seconds. And he had been not made, had sleep for days, and, and he was flat out exhausted, and he, he buries down into a hole, and, and mosquitoes are swarming. Miserable conditions beyond any comprehension. And it came back that you'll lay me down to sleep. And he fell asleep and had the best hours of sleep he had ever had. Why? And that picture of that right there is that I don't care what trouble you're in. See, peace in God is when you have that inner calm and confidence and his hands are around you in the middle of trouble. There's a lot of wealthy people out there and it seems like every problem's been taken care of, but their inner person is shaken and depressed and, and, and turned upside down and they have no joy. But I would rather have Jesus in the middle of trouble than to be in the middle of perfection and have trouble inside. Oh, because God will enter your storm and He'll bring you Hope and salvation. You know the devil can attack all he wants on the outside. But he can't take out Jesus in here. Oh, and Jesus planted a temple right here. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And declare his works with rejoicing. Let's give him one more hand clap today. Hallelujah. We give you glory. And we give you honor. You have done wondrous works. Oh God. We could never give back to you. What you've given to us. Hallelujah. So thanksgiving fills this psalm. It runs through it. And we've chewed on it. And we've slurped the soup, so to speak. And, but Thanksgiving isn't like how we exchange Christmas gifts. It isn't if Bishop... Maybe I won't have him give me something of his. here. But anyway, Bishop said, hey, hey, here's a present. I'm like, oh, thank you. That's so kind. And I have one for you too. And, and thank you. Oh, man, Merry Christmas. And, and we exchange gifts. Or, or it's your birthday. And, and, all your, and so you throw a party. And, and, and if you do it the right sort of job, then all your friends bring you really expensive gifts because you have rich friends. And, and so then the birthday really doesn't... Okay, don't do that, guys. I've never done that either. Um, but... but this, oh, thank you, that was so nice. Oh, that's exactly what I wanted. That is not the thanksgiving. It's not even thanksgiving of, of when your child comes and says, oh, dad, that was kind. Thanks for, for, for making me my favorite food. Or, or thank you for always taking care of me. It's so much more than that. You see, thanksgiving to God is more than your words. We don't even grasp this in English. That's why he says the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to God isn't something that, that, that's commensurate. It's not something of equal value exchange. Why? 
Because what God has given you, you can never give something back that's of equal value. What God does in your life is immeasurable. And you can't turn back with your words and give Him something measurable back. So your thanksgiving is simple, open, oh, unbound gratitude of thank you, Jesus. Oh, it's more than that. Why would they bring a sacrifice of thanksgiving? Because it was a public proclamation. It was their praise. And they would come in and they would say, Oh, Kennedy, he, he's bringing a Thanksgiving sacrifice. Something must have happened to him. And he's like, you know what? You know what? You have no idea what God did in my life this last year. But i got to make my way to the temple because I've got a sacrifice to bring because he gave me everything. He was my provision. He is my hope. And he's my redemption. And it's worth your life. There's a few other little points here I want to bring out before we get back to the book of Luke. And I, I want to get there before we run out of time. Or, be, or watch, I'll get there and then we'll go really fast. Um, but what do we see in all these cases that we highlighted out of Psalms chapter 107? There was a need. Somebody was in bondage and needed redeemed. Somebody was down and out and needed a pick-me-up. Somebody had sinned against God and needed God to come back and get them again. Somebody was in a bad way. But it's not enough to have a need. Because in every case there was a cry. Where you turned and you said, okay. And you know what that is right there? That's your worship. That's you saying, okay, I need you. And that's your faith. Your faith that says, I know you can do it. And some of you don't feel like you have any faith. And the devil says you don't have any faith. But you say, okay, let me show self and let me show you the devil. Help me, Jesus. I can't do this. And I put myself in a bad way. Life has come at me. It's beat me down. Oh, I found myself in a place that I found myself ten other times. And I vow never to go there again. But I'm saying, Jesus! And He comes in. And you have a need. And you have a cry. The children of Israel's cry went up. And then you get what you can't do. And that is His saving power sweeps in. And you might be in a desert place. You might be bound by the most powerful nation in the world. You might be bound by your own guilt and rebellion. But every case, He sweeps in. You might be the fool that rejected God, and yet when you cried out, He saved. Oh, give Him glory and give Him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then we get thanksgiving. 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 In the book of Luke here, 
displays this story so well. Because we have Jesus, and, and I find it, I found it interesting. I always like to look at the stories that are around here. And, and, and once again, right before we have a story about the end times and Noah and, and giving in marriage and what everything's going to be like right before that, what do we have? A story about Thanksgiving. And I couldn't help but wonder, is there a little tie-in to say, if you'll stay thankful towards God you'll make it to the end. They were overcome by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus, I'm staying under your hand. I'm under your blood. And you know what? Everything I have came from Him. Oh, hallelujah. Stay thankful. But we have this story and we have the ten lepers. We have these guys that, that they had lost sensitivity. Parts of their body had been smashed or fallen off. They had blotches on them. They, 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 leprosy had a variety of symptoms. And, and one thing though, that would happen is once you got leprosy, you were separated from your family. You were separated from your community. You were put on the outside looking in. It reminds me of the leper that was at the foot of the mountain when Jesus taught the Beatitudes. And, and he didn't get to be on the mountain for the great word of God. He was even, you might say, outside the church. And, and sometimes, so we have these lepers. They're outside the community. also found it interesting that the Samaritan was there because there's something about being at your lowest place in life where you stop looking at each other and saying, well, I'm still different than you or you're different than me. It kind of puts everybody common. And you know what? That's what sin does. And in many ways, leprosy is like sin. And you get down to a place where you get desensitized to things and, and it begins to destroy you and it racks pain and, 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 and you begin to lose parts of your life and you get cut off from community and from those people you love and it shoves you out into places if you go far enough with it where you never thought you would be and you begin to tie in with people that maybe you thought you never would have tied in with. Sin. But these lepers were out there and they heard Jesus coming. And when they heard Him coming, what did they already have? A need. And now what do they need to do next? They just need to ask. And Jesus is coming. Oh, God robed in flesh is coming. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Oh, they begin to make a petition. They begin to cry out. We need your help. We need your help. Oh, Yahweh saves was walking down the road. And they could have let him pass by. Oh, they were some of the worst of the worst. And yet they said, oh, Jesus, have mercy on us. They brought up a cry. They begin to cry out. And Jesus tells them to go and show themselves to the priest. Salvation said, okay, here's what you need to do. Now in the Old Testament, that works great, right? In the old, he was following the, the law, right? They're going to go to the priest. And that's faith in action. They're like, okay, we're making our journey there. He, he said, this is what we need to do. We need to go to show ourselves to the priest. Uh, normally I would go after I had the evidence. 
but I'm going to make my way there, and when I get there, we're going to see what happens. And they're making their way to the temple as if their healing had already occurred. They stepped out on the word of God. And I want everyone to understand, when God gives you a word, trust it. Step out on the word, believe God, because He's going to fulfill it. So as they were going, oh, it's kind of like discipling, but as they were going, they begin to be healed. And so where would you go in the Old Testament? You've been healed, so you go to the temple because you're going to give glory to God and you're going to show yourself to the priest. And this is right, even the teacher said to do that. Jesus told them to go there and they were going. We have a need, we have a cry, we have salvation shows up. And what's the last thing that's supposed to happen? Thanksgiving. Now we hammer on these lepers. Jesus here hammers on these lepers. Or does he? Because Jesus answered and said, where there are not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? I thought about this anew today. Because they were going to the temple. Where do you go to offer up that sacrifice of thanksgiving? Where do you go to, to, to get verified that you're cleansed? Where are you going to go say, hey, look what God's done, Mr. High Priest? Look it. It's good. It's good. But one recognized that the temple had changed. He got a revelation of just who Jesus was. And there's an order to worship, to a praise of thanksgiving. You see, thanksgiving means that you come back to God. You go to the temple. You go to God and he said, he came to God robed in flesh. Oh, and, what he, what, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed... And with a loud voice, you know what he didn't say? He didn't say, oh, thank you. That was, that was really clean. That's just what I wanted. Oh, man, you're the best. Love you. Appreciate you. Going to see the family now. Great, great things. No, that's not what he did. Oh, he, claimed, he returned. And with a loud voice, he said, hold on a second. I know where this came from. You're not going to take me to some old building over there. Oh, I got Yahweh saves. And he made his way back. And with a loud voice. Oh, it wasn't, oh, Sister Dana, oh, thank you so much. I won't let anybody know. No, it was public proclamation. It was, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You heal me. And fell down on his face. Oh, right there. I don't care what the rest of this church thinks. Oh, God, you did it for me. Oh, you took my sins. Oh, you washed me. You redeemed me. Oh, my depression. Oh, everything I was bound by. Oh, ya la batoyo. Give him a lay. A la Hallelujah. Oh, look at me. Oh, hallelujah. You don't understand. Oh. I'm a Samaritan. Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God? Jesus was saying, 
Wasn't there someone else who finishes it off? Where's the rest of the thanksgiving? Where's the glory to God? And so in Romans chapter 3, and I didn't give him verse 21, but I did 22, and it's in the New Living. But I'll read it in New King James first. It says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believed, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as the propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. Because in His forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. And what does it say in the New Living? We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, what is the cry of the righteous? He made me righteous. I am made right through Him. And my cry is my thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm going to give Him some public proclamation. Oh, what did that Samaritan do when he fell at his feet? He was saying, all my life is yours. There is nothing that I can give you that compares for what you've done for me. So my thanksgiving is free-flowing, and it's everything I got. And it's demonstrated by the life that I'm going to live for you. And it's demonstrated by the public announcement I'm going to make for you. Oh, I thought about this little testimony on the way here, and it's small in comparison to Jesus forgiving me of my sins. But a year ago, I was working in a generator, and I had this sharpest pointed object. It's like a harpoon. And I'd warned everybody to look out for it, that if it they could poke out an eye. And I didn't have my safety glasses on. And I reached out to grab it, and my boot caught. And I stumbled forward, and my hand jerked back. And it came up right up my eye, and across my eyelid, and blood was here and across the eyelid. And my hand came up and I grabbed it, and I understood in that moment that God had spared my eye. And I walked out of that generator, and blood's going, and, and I, I couldn't help it. I was like, God saved my eye, and they've got to know. That's Thanksgiving. I walked out, and I said, they said, what happened? And I said, God saved my eye. God saved my eye. I made my way to the bathroom, and in and, and my back of my mind, the devil's like, you, you, wait, what are you saying here? I'm like, you got to understand. they got to know. He saved my eye. Oh, he saved my soul. He redeemed me. Oh, so why are you excited? Why are you thankful? You look what the life I would have had. But look what God did. The cry of the righteous is pure and utter. Thanksgiving. Give him glory another time.